Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I've got a special treat for you. We're talking with Jordan E. Goodman. He is known as America's Money Answers Man, and uh, he's a nationally recognized expert on personal finance and on business finance, a regular guest on all kinds of radio shows and television call-in shows across the country. He's appeared on The View, Fox News Network, Fox Business Network, CNN, CNBC, and CBS Evening News. And I will tell you, I, I've I've had a chance to kind of dive into some of what he does and uh, he's the breadth of experience around finance as it relates to your business and as a business owner to your personal life, I, I think you're going to find pretty refreshing. And so I'm excited to, to bring him to you today. Jordan, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Great to be with you, Steve. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it and I hope we can bring a lot of value to your folks. Oh, I know we can. So I guess before we kind of get into the meat of things, I'd love for you to give everybody a little bit of background. I mean, beyond just the bio, how you sure. got to the stage of your career. Well, I've been a kind of an entrepreneur slash journalist since about age nine, actually. If you want to go way back to the beginning, I kind of give you a sense of what happened later. Uh, my family had a place in Cape Cod in Hyannis on the summers. And uh, I, at age nine, I started delivering the Cape Cod Times, the, the daily paper. And I was kind of hanging around the paper. And by age 12, I saw a business opportunity, and that was they'd used to print many more papers than they would ever sell, and they'd just pile up there. I asked the pressman, you know, what do you do? He said, we just throw them away. I said, do you mind if I take it? He said, great, that would be great. You get it off our hands. We don't have to throw them out. So I would take the newspapers from there and go down to the docks where the ferries go over to Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket, and I would sell the papers on the boat. So by the time the boat left, whatever, 75 or 80% of people had papers. I had zero cost of goods, 100% profit margin. My hands were filled with ink by the end of the day, but it was great. And I'd make whatever, $75, $100 per boat and uh, just kept doing that. So I saw supply. I saw demand. I put the two together. <laughs> it was kind of journalistic. And so that's, that's what my mantra has been. See what the demand is, what people need, and then come up with solutions for them, both in their personal lives and their business lives. And it's worked very well. So my whole model is kind of an affiliate model to bring great resources to people uh, who wouldn't know about them. Otherwise, they benefit. The provider of the service gets customers. I get a little something in between, and it kind of is a win-win-win. So that's kind of, in brief, how I've gotten to where I am. Well, and and I know just from the information that uh, that I've seen and, and what I've read about you, um, you've got solutions for everything. And, and we're going to dive into those sure. uh, as we get further into the interview. But I, look, going through from, you know, that level of entrepreneurship to where you are now, there had to be some bumps along the way, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's always bumps. It's never smooth. They make people may tell you it's smooth, but it is not smooth. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give you two examples. Yes, yeah, please do. These were more than these were more than bumps on the road. These were ruts or uh, uh, crevasses, I guess you might say. All right, so I'll give you two. So one, I've done 13 books on different aspects of personal finance. I did one in 1992 called Everyone's Money Book, 970 pages on all aspects of personal finance. This is while I was at Money Magazine. And I did it so-called co-authored with a guy named Sonny Black, uh, who was a major radio financial personality. He'd been on the radio and all these major stations, 300 stations a year for 20 years. And I'd been a regular guest on his show for a long, long time. So he 
kind of done seven other books. He never wrote a word, but he had been co-authored, I guess you might say, on seven other very successful books. And he said, we should really do a kind of a broad-based personal finance book. So I wrote the thing 100%. We took a picture of the two of us on the cover. And then soon after it came out, all kinds of bad stuff started coming out about him. He, was, he bought a radio, several radio stations. He was selling shares in those radio stations to the listeners of the radio stations, and the SEC went after him for selling unregistered securities without a license. He then escaped. Uh, he divorced his wife of 25 years. He escaped to the Dominican Republic. He married a printing baroness who had this whole printing empire, and he was there. He was broadcasting a show from the pool, and he said, FBI, you can't come and get me because there's no extradition treaty. Well, it turns out there was an extradition treaty with the Dominican Republic. They went and got him. He went to the tombs, which is the, the jail in New York, splashing all over the New York Daily News, you know, Sonny in jail, this financial guy. So I didn't do any of this stuff, but here's a picture of me and him on the cover of this major book, and it was not great for my reputation, <laughs> let's put it that way. And this is while I'm at Money Magazine, so I mean, I'm getting internal heat as well as external heat. Um, so what did I do? I, I found out where he was in jail. I found out how to get a note to him, and he scrawled on whatever pencil he could get. Yes, it's okay. And we did another version of the book with him completely expunged, kind of like in the Soviet days, you know, the guys just kind of disappear. So we came out with another edition of everyone's money book with him off of it, but it was not good for my reputation. I must say, even though I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so that was a major downer, I guess you might say. So how do you recover from that? I mean, first, I, I can think on many levels. First, the business hit, you know, and the publicity and all of that. But it had to be personally. It had to just kind of crush yeah. the confidence, you know. Well, I, mean, I knew that I hadn't done anything wrong. Sure. But what I learned from it is if there are signs of things not being quite right, pull out before it collapses, basically. And I've gone to some of his seminars where there were some things I were not too comfortable with what he was selling and the kind of people who were around there. It just didn't, it didn't feel classy, let's put it that way. So I should have pulled out then, but frankly, it was too late. The book was already out. You know, it was too late to uh, kind of pull the trigger on those kind of things. But, uh, and I remember telling him, I remember when we actually, we were going to the shoot for that cover photograph. And I was saying, you know, this really isn't good. You shouldn't do it. He's a multimillionaire. He had a huge brownstone on 63rd Street, wife, kids, radio network. He had it all. I said, Sonny, you don't need to do this. Just don't be greedy. And he just couldn't stop. He had people coming to him, and you'll make so much money if you sell this thing. And he couldn't stop himself. And he also, when you get powerful that, like that, you think you're untouchable. And that's what happened with him. And that's, you know, he was down in the Dominican Republic, and he's broadcasting and said, oh, ha ha, you can't get me. It's like, uh, yes, they could get him. So, you know, it kind of goes to your head when you're very powerful. So that's kind of what I learned from it. So, you know, I admitted it. I was on the cover with him. I wrote the book 100%. The book content was completely fine. I'm sorry I had nothing to do with it. I got rid of it as quick as I can. But, you know, you take a reputation hit when you're allied with somebody when, when things go wrong. So that, that's what I learned from it. So how'd you rebuild? Well, Again, the book came out with me alone. The book did very well. I stayed at Money Magazine for a long time and kind of quickly got behind me as quickly as I could. And some people still remember, and they joke with me a little bit about, you know, you and Sonny. But uh, you just kind of keep moving on and be persistent and don't let it drag you down. 
Yeah, and, and isn't that the the answer for so many things that that we come across? Just keep moving, keep going, keep going, keep. Don't let it drag you down. You, you can't. Uh, in particular, if I didn't do anything wrong, which I didn't really, don't let it kind of drag you down. That's what it comes. If I did something wrong, that's different. But I didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, that's a, a a reputation hit on a on a pretty grand scale. But I hear all the time from business owners who get into a situation maybe with a partner or they get into a, you know, some kind of a joint venture deal or whatever. And it all sounds great at the beginning. You know, it's going to be wonderful for everybody, all this opportunity in front of them, probably don't do all the due diligence that they should. And then they get into a conflict and it might not be what, you know, you just described, but it, it may just be that, that they don't ultimately see eye to eye. Yeah. And you know, the, what happens at the end of that is, is they almost both end up having to go start over. Not right. completely from scratch, but they both take a hit in time and energy and money to kind of regain the ground that they lost or the time right. wasted during that whole process. Um, you know, how long did it take from when all of this hit to where, where you felt like you were back to where you were before? I'd say maybe six months later, something like that. Well, wow. I, mean, I still continued to do what I was doing at Money Magazine. I still did my radio shows and my TV shows and I didn't lose any of that because I didn't do anything wrong. It just, it was like by association. basically. Exactly. Well, yeah. And that's just it. I mean, it, um, there are a lot of other people he brought down. I mean, he had them invest in all kinds of things that fell apart and all that. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it or really knowledge about it, but it's, it's guilt by association, I guess you might say. Yeah. Well, um, I, I love the, the advice just to stay persistent, just to keep pushing through. Um, right. because I do think, you know, there, there is this kind of, um, underappreciation for time as, as a healer for, for all of those challenges that we come across. Right. You just keep going. Sometimes things will just work out and, uh, and you keep pushing forward, even when and you're out of your integrity. control. Keep integrity, keep doing the right thing. And, and when you've done something wrong, change it or get, get, get it behind you somehow. In this case, I wasn't going to keep the book with the two of us out there. <laughs> even though it was a beautiful picture and uh, I changed it as quick as I could. So I could, could move on and, and the book sold very well and people got a lot out of it. And most people don't know Sonny was ever on there. So you're, you're one of the few that's and remember this is going back a long time, but yeah, well, it's, it's you know, the road that you have to kind of deal with. Yeah. Cle clearly you, you've, uh, you've been very successful since then. I want to take a quick break and I want to come back because uh, you've got a, just a whole toolbox for right. business owners, particularly in dealing with uh, with their money, with cash flow, um, how to best handle debt, you know, credit ratings, all that kind of stuff. And it's honestly, those are things we've never covered here on the podcast before, right. but I know that they are an issue. And so we're going to take a quick break. Hang on. We'll be right back with more from Jordan. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. This is Steve Gordon, and I'm here talking with Jordan Goodman. And uh, Jordan, I think you described it best before, is you're sort of the connector. 
Correct. You've got, you go out and find all these really great resources that can help business owners in, you know, on the money side of the business, um, which we know is important. I'm very careful to make sure that anybody I talk about is actually delivering and doing a good service. That's sure. Great. Yeah. And for all the reasons we just talked about, right. I'm sure exactly. you're much more careful. Um, and, and so, um, you've got these resources and I know that there are people listening that, that have that need. We talk to them all the time and I, I would love for you to just kind of walk us through like for a business owner who's having issues, where, where do they normally start? I mean, from your perspective, well, I mean, the first one is financing. I mean, people have a hard time getting loans from, uh, tr traditional banks these days. Banks want uh, assets. They want widgets. They want stuff they can seize if you, they want collateral. And many people's businesses today don't have collateral. It's intellectual property. It's apps. It's videos. It's, you know, it's, it's virtual stuff. So there's nothing to seize. So they have a really hard time getting traditional bank loans. So that's the bad news. The good news is there's a whole bunch of new financing sources that have come up that understand that. And they'll make loans based on cash flow, not assets. They'll look at your bank statements, see what you got going, and make a kind of a, a loan based on your ability to repay as opposed to what they can seize for collateral. Uh, and then these kind of clearing houses have come up where you as a small business person can kind of go there, they vet you, and then once they figure out that you're a legitimate business that's got good cash flow, they will present you to the right people that will fund your specific uh, business needs. My favorite one is called CorporateLendingSolutions.com. They got a phone number as well, 800-261-6478. And so, for example, they connect to hedge funds. Hedge funds are willing to invest in small businesses. Um, there's just all kinds of places out there that you wouldn't traditionally think you could get a loan from. And there's different kinds. There's payroll uh, funding. There's uh, equipment leasing. Uh, there's accounts receivable, financing, factoring. There's a bunch of different ways of getting small business loans, and they're going to see what's appropriate for you. But before they present you as a business to somebody, they're going to have gone through the whole vetting process, and they call it storybook lending. That's what they call it, understanding your story and why you need the money and how you're going to repay it. So that's a, a resource that could help an awful lot of your folks get financing that have been turned down by traditional banks. Yeah, you know, it, it, back in you know, early in my, my career, um, mid nineties, the only real option you had was a traditional bank, or there were some of these other things like factoring and, and receivables lending and all of that, but it always seemed a little bit shady. And it seems like that stuff now has in, in large part kind of come out of the shadows. It, there are places now where you can go, like you say, there's a clearing house and, and you can kind of go and see your options. Um, there's more transparency to it all. Right. These are the good ones. There is a shady side, which I'll just tell you about, which I would tell people to avoid if they could, which are called merchant cash advances or MCAs. And that's where these companies, often with hedge funds behind them, will lend you money unsecured in a day, you know, very quickly based on your receivables. And they'll take over your credit card processing. And every time you say you're a restaurant and you're having a lot of credit card, they'll take a little piece out of it every time. Seems like a small amount, but the interest rates can be 40, 50, 60%, wow. and you kind of get on this treadmill. It's what I call the payday lending of small businesses, basically. Uh, last I heard, there's about $600 billion worth of merchant cash advances outstanding. So those are the ones I would warn people against 
because it was very high interest and very high fees, and I would go towards the legitimate clearinghouses like the CorporateLendingSolutions.com. So um, one of the things that I know in my first business, we always had to balance. Thankfully, we had some clients that paid us very quickly, but we also had some pretty large government contracts, and we knew that we would get paid, but it was going to take a really long time, and right. we were essentially financing Exactly. The, 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 all the work for uh, for the government at the time, the agency that we were working for. Um, that comes up a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Slow pay. Yeah. So what it does, it gets people into real debt if they've got cash flow issues. So, I mean, one of the things they offer is payroll financing, for example. You might need to, you've got to pay your people and you might need short-term payroll to keep everybody working until you get paid by your clients. And this, this is true, particularly in the medical field, for example, where insurance companies will pay very slowly and you need medical receivables help. Uh, it's a problem. And particularly if you're a small business, you don't have a lot of leverage to tell the government to pay you faster. It's not going to happen. Or even big companies. It's, it's hard to get paid from Walmart or Apple or big companies. They can push little guys around and they do it all the time. So you need a kind of credit line or ways to kind of get through those rough times. And that's exactly what these people do. But don't do the merchant cash advances, which is very tempting because you can get the money real quick, but it's extremely expensive. And what happens is it's like a two-week loan, and after two weeks, you don't have enough money to pay it off, so you take another one, you kind of dig yourself deeper and deeper, and that puts down an awful lot of companies. Well, and I've always thought that the way to look at these things are they're, they're really temporary solutions to get through a period of growth. You know, you want to ultimately grow out of the need for it and, and right. create your own cash, but look, there are those times in business in, in business where you've to get to the next level of growth, it's going to just take all the cash you have and then some. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and so I've always kind of seen them as, as things that fill that gap. Like you want to approach it from the perspective of, I'm going to pull this in, I'm going to have this plan to get, you know, to get it paid off and then move on. Um, what are some of the things that people that are really successful with this? What are they, how do they approach it? And, um, you they've know, got lined up in advance. So they're, they're not scrambling at the last minute to get financing. So you but, mean Thursday, day before payroll, they're not calling and saying, Hey, some, some people probably do, but that's not the best way to get it. Yes. Okay. Um, so, but they can move pretty fast, but not that fast, but anticipate what you might need before you actually need it. I would say with a loan, if you actually need it, you're not going to get it. If you don't need it, they'll give you all, all you want. So, it's the same thing. Apply for it when you don't need it. So when you do need it, it's there. That's the most, best way to do it for sure. And sure. then if you get into an awful lot of debt, there are ways to help you. The next resource I wanted to talk about helps small businesses that have a huge amount of debt that don't know how to prioritize debt. There's a whole science in what I call debt prioritization. See, what most small businesses do is they respond to the creditor who screams the loudest or is the most threatening somehow but not all creditors are equal. Uh, they have different kind of leverage over your business. The electric company can turn your lights off and put you out of business in a second, okay? Some lawyer that you did a contract with three years ago that you never went through with has no leverage on you, basically. But if the lawyer screams really loudly, maybe he'll get his money before the electric company, and that's not a wise way to do it. Now, you can try to do this on your own, but there are companies that'll do this, and my favorite one's called Corporate Turnaround, and their website is helpwithpayables.com. And they've got a very sophisticated system of prioritizing your debts. 
So they've done this for 30 years. They've done thousands and thousands of small businesses. So they know each creditor and how much leverage they've got over your business. So they ranked them from one to 10, one being a lot of leverage, 10 being no leverage. So they rank all your creditors about how much of a threat they are to you, basically, or how much leverage they've got. And they make different offers to different uh, uh, creditors based on the amount of leverage they've got. So the guy with a lot of leverage, you'll offer him 50 cents on the dollar in a month, and the guy without much leverage will get 10 cents on the dollar in a year, that kind of thing. They don't all get the same offer. And then they kind of negotiate back and forth, and in the end, all your creditors agree, and you make one payment to them, they pay the creditors, and you can actually think about doing your business, because when you're in that circumstance, you're like hiding under your desk, not wanting to answer the phone or not opening the mail, you're just worried about creditors attacking you all the time, and that's not, not a way to run a business. So. Again, there's a website, free website to help you, helpwithpayables.com. They've also got a phone number, which is 877-377-3669. They've been doing this with small businesses for about 30 years. They say about 75 to 80% of the businesses they take on, they actually save, that otherwise probably would have gone under. Wow, that's a big statistic. So in talking about credit, I think the one thing that, a lot of business owners ignore, particularly small business owners, is the linkage between your business credit and your personal credit. Right. And um, having having had to sign a number of personal guarantees for the various businesses I've been in over the years, um, you know, you got to pay attention to that stuff. Some insist on it, some don't. But you're correct. There's you're. In, in theory, your business credit should be completely separate from your personal credit. But right. in reality, it, it never all, is. No. No. So you want to manage your personal credit and your business credit. A lot of small businesses don't really look at their business credit very much. You have a Dun & Bradstreet report. And if you don't pay attention to it, it could be a lot worse. And therefore, you either don't get credit at all or you get it on worse terms, smaller amounts, higher interest rates you know, than you should really deserve. So what you want to do is manage your business credit separately, separate uh, taxpayer ID, separate bank accounts, and, and over time build credit with your vendors totally on the business side. Okay? And, and that's going to make a big difference uh, to uh, your situation uh, because when you need credit, you've got to get it. And uh, so if, if you can possibly separate the two, that's really the best way to go. So you can establish it and then stay on top and get errors off of there. There's many times errors on these things. A place that can help you there is called Better Qualified, and their website is tourdebusiness.com, T-O-U-R-D-E business.com. They've also got a phone number, 888-533-8138, and they work with small businesses to improve, establish their business credit, get errors off there, and get your Drun & Bradstreet report score up so you get much better credit. The best score you can get, which is called a Paydex score, is 80. If you have an 80 Paydex score, you can get all the credit you want. So it's how you pay your bills on time, the amount of credit you got. It's kind of similar to the personal side, but it should be kind of Dun & Bradstreet as opposed to the Equifax, Experian, TransUnion. Well, and, and I think importantly too, you don't want those business things bleeding over onto your personal. Which they do in many cases, particularly if there's a personal guarantee they will bleed over to that. That's correct. So yeah. the more you can, and I mean, a lot of people start out a small business as a sole proprietorship. And so it's all mixed up. Their personal business, you can't tell the difference at all. 
as quickly as you can, if not from the beginning, set it up as a separate corporation, subchapter S, LLC, limited partnership, some kind of a separate structure, get its own taxpayer ID, its own bank account, its own credit cards. That's really the best way because it's really hard to untangle it once you're kind of running it as a sole proprietorship. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about debt and we've talked about, you know, credit and all that, but I, I know you also have resources for business owners that maybe have some excess cash sitting around. And they, I mean, sticking it in a bank these days is not exactly the best zero. thing to do with the money, right? Correct. You will get zero and, and people just keep their cash there. It's ridiculous. So uh, here's a, a solution, something I'm involved in myself, uh, which is a way of getting an 8% yield on your money uh, over a one-year time frame. You can get checks uh, automatically. You can reinvest it. What are called secured real estate funds. So the website is again securedrealestatefunds.com. They are lending money short term, like over a year or so, to commercial real estate projects all over the country, like 30 different projects at once. Things like apartment buildings, medical offices, assisted living, uh, student housing, parking lots, just all kinds of commercial projects that have a hard time getting loans because they're probably too small. Banks want to do like a $50 million, $100 million project. This is like $1 million or less. And so they have a hard time getting financing. They're probably going to pay maybe 10%, something like that. And they're going to pass 8% of that onto you in what's called a preferred return, meaning you, the shareholder, get the 8% before the management gets anything. And then they get the 2% out of the return of the fund. The full amount that you invest gets the 8%. Minimum is $5,000 one year minimum hold, no commissions of any kind. And so there's a way to getting yield. And then on top of the 8%, when the buildings that they're lending to are sold at a profit, they share that profit with you, the shareholder. So it's a prop quarterly profit sharing distribution as well. So for example, last year, 2017, the actual return on the fund was 8.7. 8% from the interest, 0.7 from the profit sharing. And over time, as there are more buildings and more projects coming to fruition, there'll be more profit sharing distribution. So, and the price of the shares doesn't change. It stays at $10 a share net asset value. So there's a way for your business and you can own it as a business owner. You can own it as an individual. You can do it in your self-directed IRA. I'd much rather get 8% and not have any volatility than keep my money either as a business or individual sitting there earning zero. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think one of the things that the often we don't think about as we're running our, our business is taking money off the table. I, I see so many people taking all the profit and, and reinvesting it, thinking that that's the thing to do. And I, while I agree that it's important to reinvest, I, I also think you reduce risk when you take money off the table, right. whether you put it in something like this or put it somewhere else. When you take it out of the business, you, you immediately reduce the risk that, that you have from the business. And a lot of, you know, oftentimes we don't think of it that way. We don't think of our own business as creating kind of financial risk for us, you know, from an right. investment standpoint, just, just as if we bought shares in, in GE that could go up and down. But, uh, you the know, difference is it's not liquid for the most part. You're well, exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and so I think looking at something like this and, and whatever other options are out there is just a great way to kind of spread out your, your risk a little bit and, and begin to, take some of those profits and have them work for you elsewhere. So, uh, and the, the name of the, the website again? It's called Secured Real Estate Funds, with an S, funds.com. They've got a phone number too, 
444-2102. I'm in it. I'm on the board. I mean, I'm totally in this thing, and I it's, it's been fantastic. This is a new thing. In 2012, uh, the Congress passed what's called the Jobs Act of 2012, which authorized what's called uh, crowdfunding, basically. And these are kind of crowdfunding funds. Technically, the SEC calls them Regulation A-plus funds. And it's allowing the average individual in business to get into things that in the past you would have had to have like $100 million be a pension fund to do it. Here you can get in for as little as 5000 So that's on the investor side. And on the other side, <clears throat> it's allowing small businesses to get funding for projects that they wouldn't have gotten done otherwise. So it helps both the borrower and the lender. And uh, it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. I know we're running out of time, but you've got one more resource and it has to do with that big fancy car that, uh, you know, you got that big client, you went out and bought the car and uh, now you're stuck with the payment. So what do you do? So a lot of people are running into trouble. Uh, They're either getting repossessed or defaulting or becoming delinquent on their car loans because they took on these bigger car loans they could really afford. And it's definitely an issue. What people don't realize is you can refinance your car loan to a much lower interest rate, or you can change the maturity to a level that makes the payment more affordable. Say you're at $500 a month for three years. If you moved it out to six years, you might go down to 250 a month, for an example. So there's a free website that'll help you do that, which is called myloangen.com. You put in your current uh, car payment, how much more you have to go, how many more months you have to go, the interest rate. And then it actually gives you a little dial that you can choose where you want your payment to be and what interest rate and what maturity. So you move it out on the maturity scale or you can go in for it. And then you figure out what payment and maturity you want. You click submit and then a bunch of credit unions compete for your business. So that's a way of online within about three minutes refinancing your car loan, both individual and a business car loan. Wow, that's amazing. This has been like a lightning round for, for business finance. Um, and it's been very different than anything we've done before. I, Great. Um, and I'm glad we've done it. I mean, I, you know, again, if you're listening, obviously do your due diligence and, and figure out if you need any of the, these resources or which ones you need. But um, but when I found out about Jordan and, and the resources that he has, I thought uh, definitely worth making those available and, and sharing them with our audience um, because these things come up and, and sometimes you need it to push the, the business forward and, and kind of get through the next level or get through a rough patch. Uh, so Jordan, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing. I've actually created a landing page specifically for your people. I just wanted to mention briefly as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Where, where is that? Well, landing page is go.moneyanswers.com forward slash unstoppable. And on there, they'll see some of my resources. They can sign up for my free newsletter, which comes out every month. Uh, just get access to all kinds of stuff. I love to help people. I mean, this is just a small sample of the resources that exist. I mean, look at what we've done. We've helped people earn 8% of their money. We've helped them get out of business debt. We've improved their Dun & Bradstreet credit report. Uh, we've helped them refinance their car loans. And we helped them get the, uh, the, the borrowing in the first place with the corporate lending solutions that people don't know where to go to get loans. So hopefully some of these resources will make a difference in their lives. Yeah. And we'll, we'll link to that page uh, in, in the show notes. And uh, so if you want to, uh, if you want to find out what all those resources are and, and get linked up with Jordan, you can go there. Give them the website one more time, please. 
So my website is moneyanswers.com, but the specific landing page related to your show is go.moneyanswers.com forward slash unstoppable. Perfect. Well, Jordan, thank you so much. Um, and great talking with you. And thanks for sharing all these resources. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.